Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Oh, look at your neighbor and say praise the Lord. Praise God. If you would turn with me to the word of the Lord to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. Amen. Chapter 2 we will be reading from today. The book of Ephesians chapter 2. Hallelujah. So good to be at the at God's house today. I do want to say that next Wednesday night after service, uh, anybody that is in, interested in, in entrepreneurship, uh, there is a small group in the church that we've had in, in recent past, but uh, there's an interest meeting about that next Wednesday night after church. If you're a business owner, want to become an entrepreneur, and some of you are already a part of that, there will be a meeting following service with our team leader that, Brother Eric Edwards, and so that will follow next Wednesday night, and that is going to be an, an awesome time, and it's a great group. It's a lot of momentum in that group, and uh, thankful for what they are doing and will do, and so you can be a part of that next Wednesday night after service. It'll be about 15 minutes to schedule a plan with that. The book of Ephesians chapter 2 and, uh, and verse 2, it, it says, let's just read verse 1. And it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know what that means? He made you alive. Amen. Quickened. You want to use that very word very often. But he quickened you. He made you alive. When the Bible says for the word of God is quick, it means it's alive. Praise God. Wherein in time past you walked according, according to the course of, of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience talking about the reason you did what you did is because you followed the spirit of this world the devil his ways and it goes on and says that which worketh in the children of disobedience verse 3 among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But verse 4 is very powerful. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Amen. Somebody shout us. Man, amen. There's an us in Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Amen. I'd like to preach to you for a few moments from that old song I used to hear and sung in church. Simply, He set me free. He set me free. Would you clap your hands and praise the Lord? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So good to see Brother and Sister Barsati with us. They will be leaving pretty soon, but we're so glad that they're here. Would you give them a hand clap of appreciation? Amen. Their work in Vietnam, we're so thankful. 
when you hear conversations about the Lord, and uh, there are so many great things about God, but I do want you to know, as I said even last week, that there is an enemy of the soul. I, I talked a little bit about that last week, and we'll just for a moment tonight preach to you what I feel to preach to you. I feel like I'm an evangelist tonight, if that's all right. And uh, I know I'm the pastor. But I would say to you that there is an enemy of the soul, and the speak. The, the, the Word of God speaks a lot about this. In Revelation, Satan is known as Abaddon, also accuser. Words for him and titles for him, the Scripture calls him the adversary. He is known as the angel of the bottomless pit. He's also known as Apollyon, Belial, Beelzebub, the devil. He is in Scripture labeled as the God, lowercase g, of this world, who's blinded the minds of them that believe not. He's also known as a murderer, the prince of devils, the prince of the power of the air, the prince of this world, ruler of darkness. Genesis calls him a serpent. Matthew calls him a tempter. Also we find in Scripture he's known as an unclean spirit. Matthew tells us that he is the wicked one. I've come to preach to you tonight that there is a devil that would love to lead you down the wrong path. Jesus said straight as a gate and narrows the way which leads to life. And many go uh, that way, amen, or few there be that find it. But he also says straight as a gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many go down that path. In John 10, 10, he said there's a thief that has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But how many know there's a greater option? He said, for I, amen, I am the way, and I've come to give you life more abundantly. The devil is a spirit of destruction where Jesus was a carpenter to build. Tonight, we are preaching to a generation that has been broken, that has been beaten, that has been trodden down. All the way back to the 1960s, you will find with the hippie movement known as the counterculture to break away from the establishment in a Christian nation, from Christian values. It produced Hare Krishna concepts and walking away from the things of God to the Mardi Gras and Woodstocks and free love and what would have seemingly just do whatever you want to do as even in the satanic Bible, do what thou wilt. Can I tell you, you can follow your flesh, but it's going to end up in a destructive path. We've never seen more emotional chaos, mental breakdown, suicidal tendencies, uh, things that are breaking in our generation like we've never seen. Our counselors will tell you ever since COVID, there's been such chaos in the world. But may I remind you, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. I've come to tell you that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the preaching of the gospel of Christ. There's power in the gospel. Do you believe there's power? 
You know what it's the power to do? He said in Romans chapter 1, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Paul did. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When we are preaching about Jesus dying, being buried and resurrected, how many know he's not hanging on a cross and he's not buried in a tomb, but he's alive right now. And when we begin to preach that there is a Savior, a man that didn't come to this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, it's still a great message in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Amen. That whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I come to tell you, it doesn't matter how long your family was in chaos. It doesn't matter how strong hold that you were bound by by the enemy, the devil. When Jesus walks in your life, he'll set you free from the darkness of sin. He can set you free from the things that abound your mind and your spirit. There's still power in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, there's power in the name of Jesus. You see physical deliverance in the Old Testament, which are representation of spiritual deliverances of the New Testament. 430 years in bondage in Egypt of slaves and beaten down. But when God sent a preacher by the name of Moses and he said, let my people go, it was symbolic to us as the world and the devil. And it didn't matter how long they had been there. When they got their mind to get out, there were no Red Seas that could stop them. There were no Jericho walls that could limit them. When you come out, God is going to make a way for you to come out. You do not have to stay in bondage. You do not have to stay in fear. You do not have to stay in sin. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Am I preaching to anybody here tonight that Jesus makes a way for you to come out? to go into what he has for you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen, amen. Brother Brent, would you bring me my phone? There is a understanding tonight all the way from the garden, all the way through the scripture from the very moment that God blessed Adam and Eve in the garden. You will find that there was an enemy to try to separate them from the blessing. Who showed up in the garden and said things like, hath God said? Who was it? It was the tempter. Scripture, as I said, alluded to earlier, was the devil. He came to get them to be disobedient to God and to follow their own flesh. The Bible talks about Eve and Adam both who took of the forbidden fruit, things that God said stay away from. And when they took it at, their eyes were open to sin and separated them from God. And the Bible says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Things that the flesh craves. Can I say just because you want it doesn't mean you need it. Can anybody here witness that, that just because you wanted it didn't mean it was good for you? And the devil alludes. And he, 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 he draws and he appeals to the part of you that is disobedient to God. I mean, my lands, I don't think we can go beyond 
the billboards that are now driving down the road. Close your eyes, kids. Oh, yeah. When I was growing up, walking through convenient marts. Look this direction because there's temptation absolutely everywhere. The Bible says it's the prince, that he is the prince and the power of the air. He is in the airways. He is, his ways are to get you to follow that which is disobedient to the word of God. And the devil knows if you become disobedient to God's word, it's a road of destruction and chaos. It felt good initially, but being chaos following. I am told, I am told by a pastor's wife that was in a drug court uh, jury dealing with some things, and they began to explain to the jury why people are doing what they're doing. They talked about needles in the arms, needles under the fingernails, toenails, and the drug use, the things that people do in the extreme. And they, they said there's something in the drug world called chasing ghosts. Chasing ghosts. Even on bars, it's called spirits inside. Preacher, you're far-fetched. No, I'm not. They, they get this level high, and they said they get this initial high. For years, they'll try to get to the next level. We heard a preacher preach about living that life Sunday that God set him free from You'll find that the extreme measures, and finally the pastor's wife said, my goodness, these people must be looking for something. And they are. And the devil shows a thousand options where it's not what they're looking for. But I'm glad to tell you over and over again, in my 20 years of being in Zanesville and preaching beyond that before I got here, I've lost count of the thousands of people, the hundreds of personal witnesses, that when they came to the Lord and responded to Jesus Christ calling them, you're not in here by accident. There's not one young person in the, in the room, in the youth center here by accident tonight. Amen. You're not watching online by accident. God brought you here to hear the gospel of Christ. Because there's power in the gospel. And you know what the gospel says? There is another way. There is a better way. Amen. And when you come to the Lord and bend your knee and say, I'm a sinner. I've, I've went my own path. I've done things out of pleasure and, and, and appealing to people you didn't even like. Let I me mean, know that can be true. Just went because everybody was going. It's what everybody was doing. And you followed a path that seemed to be promising. They ended up in a dead end and nearly took your life. And you thought, is there anything else? What am I going to do? Then all of a sudden, you turn around and somebody said, won't you go to church with me? Have you heard what God's done for me? And then you start thinking, is it possible that there's another way besides the road that I'm on? I'm going to tell you, you're looking at a preacher that believes in absolute miracles in people's lives. He can change your path. He can change your situation. I'm telling when everybody else has done everything they can do and it seems like you can't get anywhere, I know somebody who can change your path, change your situation. Somebody shout hallelujah. I've had one after another to look at me and say, Aaron, I've had some to say, Pastor, 
and uh, I have tried it in this. I, I tried it in, 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 in the bar. I've tried it in the drugs. I've done everything you can imagine. And they, one after another, has told me everything I've ever looked for. When God forgave me, washed me in his blood, filled me with his spirit, everything I was looking for in the high, I found in Jesus. I'm going to tell you, that's true. Amen. What are you preaching, Pastor? I'm going to tell you what I'm preaching. You might have lived the life following the ways of the devil and he put you in bondage and said you can never get out. But I've got news for you. He whom the Son is set free is free indeed. How many in this building can say Jesus set you free? Amen. He brought you out. He brought you out of sin. You're not who you used to be. Would you clap your hands and praise him tonight? There is a devil. Don't forget it. There is. It bothers me. I, I'm redundant preacher. I, I don't apologize for saying the same thing again. But you've had spaghetti more than one time. Cheeseburgers and chicken fingers. and I'm hungry. It bothers me that they can set Satanist symbols in courthouses and say it's freedom of speech. Satanic satanic. Idols, and I didn't put the picture up here. Children looking up at Satan as if he's who they're supposed to look up to. God of this world. The God of sin. The, the, the prince of darkness. Wickedness. In America right now, people infatuated with death. Infatuated with vampires. Infatuated with witchcraft and wizardry. How many teenagers have I seen? Don't raise your hand. Infatuated with Ouija boards. I've seen that. Even in my own school, they seances in the school. They said, come here, Aaron. I said, uh-uh, I'm not getting around that. I knew better. Kids at parties. And, and uh, I was at a friend's house one time. They got a Ouija board. I said, I'm out of here. I knew enough from good biblical teaching. And they come to school the next day, frantic because of what happened at that house when they started conjuring up spirits. It's real. It's real. One pastor said, every young adult that they're seeing converted up in the Ontario area of Canada, every young adult that comes in is in witchcraft. That is coming in being converted is in witchcraft. It started in cartoons. It started in entertainment. Got the kids infatuated with it, and now they want to practice it. I can tell you things from people that have come off the streets of this city that are things they said to me that would trouble you so much, the things they have experienced in their godless houses practicing witchcraft in their homes. It is real. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to see more of it. It is very much so black magic and darkness than in other tribal places and other countries. It is, it is very much so practice, witchcraft. It's a lot of covered up in New Age and crystal and things of that nature that you're going to see in America that's behind. You don't, I'm going to tell you, you don't need a tarot card reader. You don't need a palm reader. You don't need a psychic. You need Jesus. Come on, I don't need a horoscope to know my tomorrow. I know who has my tomorrow. Jesus knows. Come on, can I get some help from a few saints in the building that say, I don't have to worry about tomorrow because I know who holds my hand. The song says, Jesus has my tomorrow. There was a man that was a member of this church. 
His wife was a precious saint still alive in a nursing home today. Amen. Sister Wheeler, Shirley Wheeler is a precious saint of God, unable to come to the house of the Lord because of her health. Precious saint of God. She asked her husband, who was a satanic priest in a satanic temple in Zanesville, if he would come and help wash the windows at the church. Saints are tricky, amen, sneaky. Here he is. He is involved in that. And he comes to the house of God. But there's something about the house of God that's different than any other house in town. Amen. It's a place where prayer goes to the throne of God. It's where worship goes to the throne of God. Saints pray and children's pray and people seeking the things. It's a holy place. It's separated from the world. It's different. It, the word holy means separated. Holiness means separated from. It's not like everywhere else. Not just any music, any conversation, any just where, anything. When you come to the house of God, there's, a, there's, a, there's an expectation that God's going to be there and a reverence there. I mean, I don't wear my ball cap in here. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's reverence of the place. I may wear the ball cap to a restaurant, but I'm not wearing the ball cap in the house of God. I'm going to take that off just out of reverence and respect for the location that I'm at. And when people come here, something happens. I can't tell you how many people come here and say, it's the only time I feel peace. You know why? The presence of God. Amen. There's the prince of the darkness out there that has no peace. But Jesus is the prince of peace. I feel an old-fashioned revival. I'm going to tell you, there are going to be so many people delivered in this city. Hallelujah. You watch and see. You mark it down. People involved in Satanism, bound by spirits, people having conversations with devils are going to be delivered. God's going to set them free because greater is he that is for us, greater is he that is with us than he, speaking of the devil, that is in the world. Raymond Willer repented of his sins baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. And God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When he did, the satanic church said, we're going to kill you. We're coming after you. But you can't curse What's been washed in the blood? <laughs> Come on, I preached it last week. The Bible says uh, no enchantment and no divination can come after the sons of God. I come to tell you right now, they wanted to, but they couldn't. And he got up in church and sang a song. It is well with my soul. That's the song he would sing. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter how long you've been in sin, the darkness of transgression, I know a God that will bring you out. I know a God that will, oh, would you stand to your feet and clap your hands and say, I know a God that will bring me out. Somebody shout, the Lord will bring you out. Tell your neighbor, God can bring you out. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. I want every satanic priest to get delivered. I want everybody ever bound. Every single one of you were bound by sin. You were obedience of the command. The command of the satanic way of the world. That's what it said in Ephesians chapter 2. The prince of the power of the air. 
which is the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. We all were sin, and I blame all of it on the devil. I said, I blame all of it on the devil. Don't you blame me, blame the devil. He's still around. He's still the tempter. He's still wicked. That's right. But it doesn't matter. You can be seated. You've worked all day. I can see it. You're buckling your knees. Because you know I can have you stand too long. He thinks he's got you. Let me just put it this way. He thought he had you. He's as a roaring lion. He walking, he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25, I want you to, I want you to see this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. I'm not going to be much longer. I come to preach what I have felt. I pull the cover off the devil. I blame a lot of this junk on the devil. Come on, some of you beating yourself up. The truth of the matter is you're just going down the path everybody else was. Somewhere you thought, what in the world am I doing? It's not working out. What I thought was fun turned into chaos. What I thought was a moment turned into something I can't lay down. I can't quit doing. I can't stop doing. No matter how bad I want to, I fall in this cycle. I start doing good and I fall off of it. And that, that's what happens. But I've got news for you. I know the one that can reach in and pull you out of it. And set your feet on solid ground. I'm telling you what I feel in this building right now. You do not have to continue on the path the devil puts you on. The family puts you on. The friend puts you on. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 25, it says, In meekness, instructing those that what? You become your own enemy. You oppose yourself. That's right. When you would do good, it was evil present with you, Paul said. You, you created your own situation. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. The Bible says, he that parteth the, 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 the hedge shall be bitten by the serpent, meaning you went beyond boundaries you knew were wrong. You tried it, thought you could do it, and the devil, devil got a hold of your life. I'm telling you, it's the truth. You oppose. It says, how do you deal with these people? Speaking of sinners, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, does anybody know what peradventure means? I mentioned it last week. This is homework. This is a pop quiz. Peradventure is a fancy word for possibly. If God possibly will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, God will grant you repentance. And repentance, my friends, it's not just saying, oh, the preacher, go shake the preacher's hand, join the church. That's not repentance. Repentance is when the light comes on. You look around at your life and you say, I'm going the wrong way. This is not good for our family. It's not the direction I should be going. It's a road of destruction. I'm going to be lost. I'm going to go to hell. I don't want that to happen. And you sort of come to yourself. That's what repentance means. 
It means to feel about things the way God feels about. That's what repentance means. It's more than just, I'm sorry. It's feeling about, way. oh God, what am I doing? I've seen people literally become disgusted with their life. How many remember a moment in your life? You said, what am I doing? Can I get a witness? Almost every hand lifted, what am I doing? And somewhere in a moment, man, I feel this right now. When I was a kid, I had a, I'm, I'm going to finish reading that. I'm not done. There's one more verse beyond it. But when I was a kid, I had a, had a lot of family in the community I lived in. One of my, his second or third cousin, we went to school together. We were playing football. My mom wouldn't even let me wear good jeans to school on certain days because I'd come back with holes in my knees. You remember those days, fellas? We'd play kickball. We'd play football. Mom said, you playing football today? I said, probably. She said, you're not wearing those. Go change your clothes. I was going to have skinned up holes in my knees. And I remember standing on a elementary school, and I, my, my cousin said, hey, Aaron. I said, yeah. He knew I, was church. He knew I went to church in our family. He said, I'm going to hell. I said, Jamie, what? He said, I'm going to hell. He said, it's going to be a big party down there. He said, it's going to be awesome. He said, rock stars and music. He said, I'm going straight to hell. I said, no, Jamie. I knew enough about hell because my grandfather died and went to hell and lived to tell about it. Yes, he did. That's what turned his life around. When he died, he, he saw the flames of hell. And it shook him from a, a sinful condition and repented in the hospital. God granted him mercy. Jamie, you don't want to do that. Oh, yes, I do. It's going to be a party down there. Well, later, because I was, I mean, raised in the church, we weren't allowed to listen to ungodly music. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come find out later in years, there was a song called The Highway to Hell. And I, I can't say I've listened to it, maybe a portion of it, but I saw the lyrics of it. And it said, there's a highway to hell. There's no stop signs. Mama's not going to stop me. It's going to be a big party down there. There's a highway to hell. When I read the lyrics probably 20 to 30 years later after that moment in the elementary, I said to myself when I read it, it's a lie! It's a lie! I wanted to tell Jamie, it's a lie! There are some stop signs on the highway to hell. And it's called the truth. It's called the church. Jesus Christ stands between you and eternity. It says there's another way. You don't have to, can I preach to you? There is another way. You don't have to go to hell. There's another way. Would you stand to your feet and clap your hands and somebody say there's another way. There's another way. Brother Brown, it's part of the reason. I want to see a church in every community. It's the part of the reason we go to the jails, the city, and the county, in the state, and the regional, because people are going the wrong direction. But just one opportunity in hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, somebody can get repentance and say, I'm not going that way anymore. I found a better way. Come on, clap your hands and praise him. I'm telling you, there's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. Life's too short. Eternity's too long.
Hell's too hot and heaven's too sweet to follow the way of the devil. I come to tell you, Jesus is bidding you. I hear him calling you. You do not have to go that direction anymore. He's paid the price to change your life. He can do it tonight. Oh, would somebody praise him? He can do it tonight. Hallelujah. Verse 25, look what it says. Just remain standing. Don't sit on me. In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. How many have ever opposed yourself? You were your own enemy. Come on, you wanted to lay it down, but you'd do something that hurt you again. You'd want to lay it down, something again. Somebody tell you, you need to stop doing that. Family members even saw some precious person today. I know their family member. When I first walked in, she said, Preacher, I didn't recognize you. I was buying some roses. I didn't recognize you without your suit on. Talking about a family member. And she said to me, she said, oh, I mentioned a family member. I said, you know, I really tried to help him. She said, uh, yeah, we have. Everybody's tried to talk to him. Thank God for stop signs in people's lives. Oppose, but choose to oppose themselves. But if God possibly, if you're here, this is the peradventure. If you're in the building, it's the possibly. Brother Gene, every time you go to the city and the county, it's a possibly, it's a per, it's an adventure, all right? It's a peradventure. It's an opportunity. Can't tell you how many times I've been in juvenile jails and jails and somebody said, I wish I'd had somebody tell me this a long time ago. But it's not too late. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are no do-overs. But there are new beginnings. Sister Ross, she taught me that. You can't go back and do it over. But guess what? You can wash it away through repentance and baptism by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 6, Arise to walk in newness of life. Look what it says in the next verse. And that, hold the keyboard just a minute. And they may recover themselves. The greatest recovery ministry in the city is the preaching of the gospel. I believe in what we do on Wednesdays. I believe in what we do in counseling. I'm thankful for all of our counselors, but I'm telling you that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. I blame it all on the devil. I blame all addiction on the devil. I blame all of the perversion on the devil. I blame every sin on the devil. He is, he's the prince and power of this stuff. I blame it all on the devil. But guess what? God has made a way out from everything that's ever had you bound. Would you clap your hands? It's the sound of chains breaking. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Watch Romans 6.1. Remain standing. Look what Romans 6.1 says. Romans 6 and 1. Hallelujah. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? This is not about getting to heaven. This is not about just skipping hell. This is about being set free from the thing the devil's trying to wrap you up in. It's a sin issue. I believe in the eternity issue, but it's a sin issue. I can't find one place in Scripture, Sister Tammy, where they came, God came to save us from hell. Can't find it. He came to save us from sin, which sends us to hell. Oh, somebody say amen. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Next verse. God 
forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live what? Any longer than verse 3. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Verse 4. Therefore, we, everybody shout, we, us, amen, we are buried with him by baptism. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Satan had me down, but Jesus lifted me. I come to tell you, God gives us new beginnings. I come to preach to you, he will set you free. Somebody shout, he will set you free. Clap your hands and praise him. Come on, clap your hands and praise him. He'll do it again. The song says millions have come, but there's still room for one. I believe God's going to get the last word in North America. Write in your Bibles and date it. But I'm telling you, there's about to be a great awakening revival going to happen in all of North America where millions are going to step away from the ways of the devil and they're going to come to the way of Christ. I'm telling you, you mark it down. It is happening. It's going to happen. Backsliders from all over are going to run back to the house of God and say, what was I thinking? Come on, I'm telling you, there's a mass exodus from the way of the world back to the house of God. He's going to make a way. Do you believe it? Shout amen. amen. I preached this at a conference just a week or so ago. Two weeks ago, actually, on a Friday. Preached it, and I got a text a couple days ago that said, just wanted you to know, 15 backsliders come back to the Lord tonight and pray through the Holy Ghost. It's happening. God's making a way. I want you to turn to three people and tell them, Jesus can set you free. Hallelujah. One moment in an altar. A lifetime of sin forgiven. One a few seconds being submerged in a watery grave of baptism. Arising out of that, every sin you've ever committed is completely washed away Behold, all things have been made new. Come on, he'll make your record white. Watching you, amen. He'll bless your soul. Then guess what else he does? Not only does he bring you out of sin, he fills you. That eternal part of you that he reserved only for him. Right there was a cup inside your heart that nothing can fill it. I don't care what you pour into it. You can have a thousand relationships, won't satisfy it. You can pour alcohol into it, won't satisfy it. You can pour nicotine into it. You can pour marijuana into it. You can pour any drug you want to into it. It, it, will, it, will, it will only get just a level of satisfaction. You can get a job raise, career raise. You can make a bunch of money. It doesn't matter. Or nothing will satisfy it. You'll keep on looking. Come on, you'll keep on looking. It's, it's a human rule. You're going to keep on looking. 
Get a million, you want two. You get two, you want four. Get get a hundred million, you want to be a billionaire. It'll never satisfy because God reserved a place in you only for him. And that's why the Bible says on the day of Pentecost and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The only thing that will fill you and satisfy you is when God fills you with His Spirit. How many believe that today? I'm telling you, it's the greatest gift you will ever receive. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I baptized five people in the river just a few months ago. It wasn't in wintertime. Baptize them. These people I'd never met. I stood before a group. was going to baptize one. There was a crowd that came to watch it. I preached the gospel for just three, four, maybe five minutes. Talked about the power of repentance and baptism. Four more said, I want to be baptized. We went out in that water and people that had never been in this church hadn't been around Pentecost as we know it. When they come up out of the water, God filled them with his spirit. They were praying in another language. Amen. Up on Licking River. I come to tell you that God has what you're looking for. Hallelujah. God has what your family needs. He is your answer. He's your way maker. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you even to the end. Can somebody praise him just for a moment? I come to tell you he'll set you free. Amen, amen, amen. If you need something in your life from the Lord today, would you just stretch your hand in the air? Hallelujah. So many hands on a Wednesday night. You know what all of us really say what we need? We need him. We need him. He is our source of strength. Sister Ashley, I don't want you worrying about the things you've been worried about. I told the church this week, turn your worry into worship. And you just begin to say it's going to be all right and it will be all right. I'm telling you, he declares the end from the beginning. God's going to make a way. I feel the Lord up here in a strong, mighty way. I don't care what's been coming against you. There's more for you in this building that will ever be against you. I wish somebody would step out of your seat. Grab your husband's hand. Grab your spouse's hand. Grab a friend beside you and say, let's go get something from the Lord tonight. Come on, I'm telling you, there's healing power in this room. There's delivering power. I need some of you ministers to come and help me right now. There's power in the Holy Ghost. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, the Lord's going to fill you with the Spirit tonight. God's going to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. You just come and love him. I feel the Lord in a mighty, mighty way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, something's happening. Something's happening. I feel the Lord. Just stretch your hands to the Lord and begin to worship him. I thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship you tonight. I thank you for who you are in this building. I thank you for who you have been to me and my wife. 
I thank you, God, for who you are and all that you are doing this evening. In the name of Jesus, every soul, every person in this altar that needs a healing, needs deliverance, needs a touch in their family, a touch in their body, a touch in their mind, that you would heal them and bring it to them tonight. Lord, we petition you right now. Come on, that's it. Lift your voices and pray. Lift your voices and call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is the Prince of Peace. He's working on your behalf. Oh, yes, he is. He's doing something special in you. Hallelujah. 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 The healer is here. <laughs> the healer is here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you've come to heal us tonight. You've come to strengthen us tonight. Come on, that's it. I surrender to you tonight, Lord. I surrender to you tonight, Jesus. I surrender my heart, my mind. I surrender my body to you, my desires to you. Lord, I give it to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let me feel the Lord in this room right now helping us. Do you feel that? He's going to pour his spirit upon all flesh. Here's what we're going to do as a congregation. Hallelujah. Woo. The Bible says that the princes of the world, if they would have known that Christ was going to resurrect, they would have never touched him. I do believe it's talking about the devil would have never messed with him. If he knew he was going to resurrect, because when Jesus come out of the grave, it gave every single one of you resurrection power. Yes, it did. To come out of anything that sin put you in. That's the type of power that's in this church. The grave could not hold him. The veil torn before him. That stone was rolled away. They tried to seal him in death. Put a guards on each side of the tomb to make sure he would never get out of what sin put him into. But on that resurrection morning, how many know he came out of that grave? And because she came out of the grave, you could come out of anything the devil's ever put you into. Because she came out, you've got power to come out of that sickness. You've got power to come out of that mental state. You've got power to come out of that sin. You've got power to come out of that jealousy and bitterness and offense. You've got power. I'm going to tell you what to do. The Bible says, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. I've preached to you with passion, but meekness. I've been preaching and crying because of my love for you. 
and my love for him. There's nothing like this gospel. What do I do? That's what they said on the day of Pentecost. He said, repent. You know what that means? Turn. What am I doing? I'm turned from the way I've been going. I, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going in the direction of the, this world. I'm going to turn. It's a 180 degree turn. And when you turn, when you turn, the Bible says, it doesn't matter how far they were away to the uttermost part of the heaven, that when they turn, he gathers. And at the moment of repentance, God's already brought you to repentance. But it's up to you to repent or not. But when you turn and you say, God, here's my heart. I'm not ever going that way again. That's faith. That's faith. That's believe that he's going to make a way. I'm going to live better than I've ever lived. That's what repentance is. I'm sorry for the things I've done. Lord, I blame it on me and the devil. I'm sorry. It is godly sorrow. I'm sorry for what I've done. But I'm turning tonight. I'm going to live better and we're going to live better. I'm going to do better than I've ever done. From this day forward, I'm going to do what's right. And that's where Psalm says, 37, uh, 37, says do good. I'm committing to do what's right. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. The Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to walk the way you would have me to walk. And when you do that, there is something supernatural that comes to a person that repents. You ready for it? It's the word we call grace. God puts grace in your life and all of a sudden, whew, I want to go to church. You want to say that three weeks ago. I want to read my Bible. I'm breaking up with them. I'm getting away from that. Grace. The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. And because I believe and I've repented, because of grace, I'm going to get baptized. And what that represents, baptism, it's a washing away of that. It's a burial of who I used to be. That was a powerful word on Sunday. That Brother Mahaney's testimony brought him out of Satanism and Chaos and sin. One of the somebody said it's a lifetime testimony. Powerful story of how God brought him out. No matter how deep you've been, God will bring you out. I feel that. No matter how dark it's been, you were left dead on your mother's steps. All right, but God brought you out I've come to tell you in this room right now grace will bring you out and it will take you through anything anything it's powerful we're going to bow our heads I want every single person in the building no matter how long you've been in church or if this is your first service I want you to bow your heads and I want you to repent. What I say, Pastor, this is what you say. You just talk like this. Put it in your own words. You don't have to pray like I pray. But you say, God, I'm sorry. I don't want this mess in my life any longer. 
I don't want that substance called sin. I don't want it in my heart. I don't want it in my mind. I'm not going to live a life of sin. I give you my hands and my feet. I give you my heart and my mind. Oh God, I belong to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this body to be righteous and holy. My eyes and my ears are going to be guarded from things that are not right. Come on, put it in your own words. God, I'm sorry. Today I'm turning from the mess I got myself into that the devil led me into. The prince and the power of the air. I don't want that any longer. I'm coming out in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, tell us. Just begin to pray, Lord, I'm coming out in Jesus' name. I'm asking you to forgive me and give me a brand new direction. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. How many feel forgiven today? Would you raise your hand and say, I'm forgiven? You mean that quick? Yes. That fast. If he could take us out of here in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and change this vowed body like a hen glorious body, he can forgive you just like that. Come on, you have to go prove yourself. You repented. He's forgiven you. You know what you do with a person said, I'm not going to live that way anymore? You bury them. What do you do with a dead person? You bury them. That's what that baptismal is. It's a burial of what I was. And by God's grace, I'm coming out of that baptismal exactly what he wants me to be. That's a powerful, that's the best news you'll ever hear. By grace. By grace. By grace. By grace. Not me, but him. He made a way. He brought me out. He set me free. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you repented, may the Lord bless you. If you if you've re, if you've repented and have not been baptized, I say this, every, everybody here, if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus, you need to. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Baptism was a part of it, even compared to Noah's ark. That's how powerful baptism is in scriptures, compared to, the, to Noah's ark, of the washing away and the destroying of sin in your life. You have not been baptized, you need to be baptized. Guess what? There's a separate experience in feeling of the Holy Ghost. And it is powerful. Here's what I want you to do. Lift your hands and lift your head back and just begin to love Him. And just begin to thank Him for forgiving you. Go ahead, just begin to praise Him. Lord, I'm asking you to let your spirit fall in this room. Come on, God fills you with His spirit. Fills your heart up. You'll begin to pray in a language you didn't understand. God is pouring His Spirit out in this church in this day and hour. The Holy Ghost is in this building right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Just begin to love Him. Lord, I thank You. I love You. I thank You for everything You've done for me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I lose faith into this room. Receive ye the Holy Ghost today. Come on, the Holy Ghost is falling in this building right now. That's it. Lift your hands and just love the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Amen. Any ministers can help me right now. Hallelujah. People are singing the Holy Ghost, the touch of the Lord. He can heal you, save you, and fill you with His Spirit. 
In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. Holy Ghost is here. Come on, lift your hands this way. The Lord is pouring his spirit out right now. The Holy Ghost has fallen in this room. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.